temperature test him. He's been hot. Can you believe it? Eddie's back. Oh, hail Eddie. What about this from ball inside? 50, Cottrell! From nowhere! Cottrell from 45, directly in front. The Blues are up by a kicky test. Have a look at him. Back there for Cripps. Spins out of traffic. Through one. Pass another. Jones his class. Gets it back from Betts. G'day Bluebaggers and welcome to the Blues Footy Podcast. Your host Jed Zetzer here and I'm here with my co-host Harrison Hyman's Bolt. Tough 24-hour trip to the state uh, in New South Wales. Seriously. <laughs> Trying to find a way to... Seriously was. Different way of Early saying wake it. up Saturday morning. Earlier wake up on the Sunday morning. We had to go to the game in Western Sydney, which was still a green zone at the time. So Is we... it still a green zone no. now? It isn't. No. Huge, I didn't 11, even know that. No, as of Monday, 11.59, becomes an orange zone, and so does the airport. So we got lucky. Because I was going to say, it, we didn't really go to Sydney. We went to Western Sydney. That's yeah. why I said the state of New South Wales. Yeah, exactly. Um, so we got lucky in that regard. Um, but yeah, we went to Western Sydney, and let's be honest, it was an absolute nightmare. It was uh, 24 hours of hell. I'll put it to you that way. So we got on the flight early Saturday morning, uh, an 8.30 a.m. flight which was not a nice wake up. Uh, And then Sunday, we had a a. 7am flight, which was not a nice wake up either. Um, So it was all of that to watch our worst performance in probably 18 months. It was insipid. Uh, Just, you know, taking away a five minute four goal onslaught, which came out of absolutely nowhere. That was uh, impossible to watch for the better part of it, wasn't it? It really was. It was... You know, I say the word lifeless and bland every week, but this was just abysmal. It was atrocious. Um, yeah, we you know we had three goals at halftime. We just couldn't defend the ground well enough. We just gave them easy acts. They did what they wanted, GWS. You know, the tackle count, given that they had so much more of the ball as well, was a bit scary. So it was a disgusting performance. Now, Bolt, I, uh, I think I've been sort of tossing up where we start here. And I've been going through all these different scenarios in my head, and and, and I've landed on one after watch because I watched the replay. You got to watch it. You can't, you know. I went to we went to the game, so I also like to to see what it looked like on TV. And I can confirm it did not look any better. It was probably looked worse. Um, and also watched the VFL game. And there's a pattern amongst this playing group which I find extremely extremely concerning. Um, and I, I don't know how to really put this, but, and this is, I mean, we don't, we're not in the four walls of the club, so we don't see what happens. This is pure speculation and from what, from what we are seeing in the short time that we watch the boys. Um, and something I've noticed, uh, and I went back and watched some highlights from all of our games throughout the season, and I think it's sort of been simmering behind the scenes. I think slowly but surely our team is losing it's team camaraderie. I think the players 
have slowly become, you know, they're, they're slowly just starting to play for themselves. I don't see, I don't think, I don't, I, I'm not saying everyone, I, I think there's too many players in the AFL team and the AFL listed players playing VFL. I think too many of them are going out there trying to play for themselves to try and keep themselves in the team rather than playing for the team. It does appear from the outside that it is a club and a team divided. Yeah, well, that, that's what that's, and and I'm finding it really hard to put it into words because I don't want to I don't want to say anything too, you know, explosive here. Um, because once again, we're not in the four walls of the club; we don't actually know what's going on. But just from the outside, it's looking like that. And and I mean, we we go on about it every week. It started the first time I really noticed it was the stocker goal when no one got around him and I was watching this mate to put it simply this absolutely it's giving me the shits watching the replay of Newman going down because he went down hard mate this was not a this was not just like a normal fall he went down hard and it wasn't even it wasn't even just like an injury it was his neck it was like this was something that yeah. that Mate, I was concerned watching on the TV. You'd you'd think players on the ground would see that and go, "Oh my God, is he all right?" Not one player went over to him. Not I know, one. No, no. And yeah, it's not ha- one. And that that just tells me there's no there's no. It's they're not they're not playing as a team. It's, it's for themselves. Yeah. There's not enough care for their teammates. And then what really are what really actually put this into perspective for me was watching the VFL replay of this weekend. So when Murkov goes down, once again, you know, he's just signed. You'd think our yep. leaders would go around and see if he's all right. Two players went over to him. Jordan Boyd, who we've just brought over from the Bulldogs. Yep. And the Bulldogs are very much team oriented. They are very much. Yep. One unit. Of, yeah. One unit club. So he's, you know, he's gone straight over to Murkov. He's run over. He's seeing if he's all right. And the other one was uh, one of the VFL-listed players. I'm going to be totally honest. I'm not sure who it was, but I know it wasn't an AFL-listed player because didn't recognize him. Um, had, you know, it was a blonde-haired player. Can't tell you who it was, but they were the only two. And then later in the game, O'Brien goes down in a bad way as well. Made, like, landed. He went up in a contest and landed on his back. Once again, the only player to go over was Jordan Boyd, and there were players in his vicinity who jogged away. Silly. I just, I, I know, I, it, it does accumulate to paint a pretty dire picture. Well, that's the thing. Each, I mean, I probably sound stupid saying these uh, incidents in isolation, but when you bring them all together, it's absolutely dire, and uh, it's extremely concerning because they they don't look like there's there's enough care for one another. Uh, it looks like they're playing for themselves at the moment. And there's been, mate, there's been so much heat on the club. It would be very hard as a player going out there each week trying to respond to it. But they're not doing it in a teamly manner. And they're doing it. They're trying to save their own asses by the looks of it at the moment. And, and once again, we're not in the four walls, but that's just what it looks like. Yep. Fair enough. Um, now, should we get straight into the game? Yep. Um, first quarter... Well, the first quarter was weird because we were getting smacked, but we sort of just hung around a bit on the scoreboard, didn't yeah, we? Well, that goal after the siren from Green made it 20 points at quarter time, so it's probably about right. Yeah, I mean, the fact we, we were two and a half goals down, which felt like a miracle at the time yeah. because our first quarter was diabolical, wasn't yeah. it? Yeah, the we first, didn't, the we first didn't rock half up. was a nightmare. Um, 
Should we go? Th- how do we how do we tackle this one, Bolt? Well, it's so hard because there weren't many, you know, better than average contributors on the night. So there's not going to be a lot of good to come out of this discussion, I guess, because um, we were pathetic. It was an absolute disgrace on Saturday night. It really was. Um, oh, Let, let's 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 start it on a positive. How about that? Okay, Matt Kennedy. Yeah, playing for his life, playing for his career. Comes in and has 27 disposals, six score involvements, eight marks, four tackles, five clearances, nine inside 50s, and when it's 70% efficiency. So 19 of his 27 disposals were efficient. Yep, I, th- I thought he was fabulous after quarter time. Mate, this looked like a guy uh, who looked absolutely comfortable in and the he, midfield. Yeah, and he kept going till the end. Um, never gave up, even when the game was gone. Kept running. Um, I, I I just think uh, I think this is a guy and I once again did my homework for this show I went back and I watched a lot of footage of Kennedy from the second he arrived at Carlton and something that I noticed is that whenever they play him inside mid he generally looks comfortable he never looks out of place he gets his hands on the pill he looks good inside but yep. He, I think it's as simple as he's been, I guess, starved of opportunities because he can't really play anywhere else. He he isn't flexible. He's, you know, he's an inside mid player or a third tall up forward, and they haven't played him there whatsoever since was it 2019 where he kicked a lot of goals yep. in the second half of the yep. year. So they haven't played him there since. So. It's clear they don't really want to go down that avenue, and I don't think we need to go down that avenue because we've got Silvani and Martin and Fisher and Gibbons and all these guys who sort of play that role. And I guess McGovern when he's back yeah. as well. So we've got enough players playing there. So basically, the only place he can play is inside mid. And I think the fact that he isn't very flexible has sort of killed his career a little bit because he's a, he's a slow ordinary midfielder in an already slow ordinary midfielder well that's the thing I think he's been the beneficiary of having too many players just like him who are too slow so no matter how good he is if you look at the rankings well he's not better than Cripps he's not better than Ed Kerno yeah, he's been held to his detriment pardon yeah like it's been at yeah, his, de- so the, to his the, detriment I, I just think you know it's it's unlucky I think if you put him in a team that needed a player like him he'd probably be really good but we just don't need a slow, with all due respect, one-paced, I guess, midfielder. But what we do know is when we play in there, he's pretty good. And it's sort of interesting because uh, it makes you think, like, if he's capable of that and he's still just 24 years of age, are his papers signed already or is there a way of saving his career for himself? Well, I guess if he has a good you know, couple months to win the season... You know, he can play himself into another, you know, short-term contract, but that's up to him, I guess. He's it got is. a lot of work to do beyond Saturday night. No, he does. I just I just feel as if uh, they, you know, he deserves to be given a crack to play inside mid for the second half of this year. He deserves that because he's proven whenever they put him there, he's good enough. Yeah. They, he, they, well, they... yeah. Good enough in like, you know, the odd game though. Well, I'm saying he never looks out of place when they actually play him inside mid. Yeah, I know. When they play him outside or they play him in a different position, this I'm going to be honest, I don't think he's good enough to play anywhere else. 
And that's no, kind of, he's, well, yeah. that, that's why he struggles to get a game because he's not flexible. You know, if you're playing him, you're playing him there and there only. But uh, it's not the first time he's got 27 for us. I think in his second year at, our, at, at us, or was it his first, in the second half of the year, he was getting a lot of disposals. Um, but yeah, he's just not very flexible. Yeah, no, I do agree. Um, but he yeah, did play well Saturday night. Credit to him, he's had a he's had a really good night, and I'd love to see him continue that form for the second half of the year. Yep. Uh, now, there's been a lot of heat on the skip on Doherty. Yep. A lot of heat that he leaks too many goals, makes too many fundamental errors, fumbles like the ball. Clangers. Uh, and that it's costing us majorly. I want to hear your thoughts on this. Well, I just think Doherty... He... You know, Doherty just makes... It's just like two Doherty disposals can undo 18 good Doherty disposals at the moment. I think that's the issue with him. You know, everyone's going to turn the ball over, but he turns the ball over in the most silly, threatening, you know, areas on the ground. So that's what's killing Doherty at the moment. It's crazy because on paper, it looks like he's had a had a crazy year. Because well, it's misleading. The stats have been... His stats have exploded, you know, so he's, and he's nowhere near his All-Australian form. No, but it's 2021 season... He's in the elite category for disposals. He's in the elite category for disposal efficiency. He averages over 80% efficiency, Bob. Yeah, but misleading as well. Um, He's in the elite category for contested possessions, elite for clearances. Um, yeah, as in his stats are completely irrelevant. Marks, meters, it's, irrele- it's all irrelevant. No, I, I, I agree. I'm just saying it's crazy how good his stats are reading and he's had a really average year. Yeah. Because um, Saturday night, I, he's a hard one to read, Doherty. Like, do you think he should be playing on the wing? Yeah, I don't have an issue with that at all. Because I'm now thinking, uh, it's hard, it's hard, because his absolute best football came as an intercepting spare defender. Well, I, I just don't think we can get away with that because of the uh, the six 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 rule. And just the ball moves too quickly now to be able to, you know, take a player out of the middle and set up behind the, the ball like that. You know, we did it late in quarters when we were desperate. But, the, yeah, the issue with Doherty is... And, look, I think the calls for him to be dropped are totally pathetic. Oh, no, no, no. Like, he can't be dropped. I, I've seen some of that on social media. Stupid. Um, but Doherty has just been making some ridiculous blunders that lead to direct goals, which isn't good enough. Yep. No, you, you're right. Um, the other skip Kripa, I thought he was <laughs> seen a lot of talk about him on, uh, on Twitter saying, you know, he was good, but not great. I thought he was easily in our best on the night and just, well, you know, went was, about his business. Yeah. Like he was in our best, but there weren't many in the best. He, he was good. He was good, but not great. He was good. Um, mate, I want to quickly, I know we're talking about the plays here. I just want to touch on, um, something which I know you were really fired up about. So I'm going to get you fired up here. I'm going to mention two words, and I want you to unleash cannons here. Yeah. Mark Murphy. Oh, my God. Okay. This really hits a nerve, and I'm and I'm going to... A lot of people are going to disagree with me here. Dropping Mark Murphy is an... Before someone comes back at me... So, basically, I don't agree with the Mark Murphy omission... When people use the term, we shouldn't be gifting games to get him to 300. I'm happy to say his form probably hasn't been exceptional. But when you're bringing in people whose form is, if anything, marginally better, 
And we're playing our, what, 295, 296 game champion, former captain in the VFL. That doesn't sit well with me at all. You know, at the end of the day, we're irrelevant for the rest of 2021 in terms of playing finals. We're not going to play finals, and we knew that going into Saturday night. So, in my opinion, to treat your former captain like that, who stayed loyal with us through the darkest years, turned his back on free agency, did everything to show that he was navy blue, for supporters to say he shouldn't get to 300 because he has to earn games... I'm telling you now, he's earned that milestone. He has earned any, you know, accolade that, you know, will be thrown at him. And he will get to 300. He will. But I just think the stance people are taking, you know, completely disregarding a body of work. And because if Mark Murphy was 21 years old, no one would have an issue. He's an easy target, in my opinion. And I'm not saying his form's been great because he wasn't very good against West Coast. And I don't really mind the fact to drop him. But when people say... You know, he doesn't, he hasn't earned, he, no one should earn the right to get to this amount of games when he's that close with that amount of games left and with the people coming in instead of him are absolutely crap. That, that just doesn't sit well with me. Mate, I couldn't have said it better myself. I completely agree with you. I think it's absolutely disgusting the way that he's being treated. I am. By, I don't mind I'm embarrassed. Being, by his own fans. Like, what's this about bagging? Since when do we go and like, like throw Mark Murphy to the wolves? What's this? It, it is disgusting. It is unacceptable by our fans and by the club. You're all entitled to your opinions, 100%. I don't mind the opinion of him being dropped because he probably deserved it. No, no, no. But the gifting... It, so, so this is where I stand on the, on the gifting him games. It's not like he's the 30th best player on our list. Yeah. He's comfortably in the top 25. Comfortably. Yep. And if you look on Saturday night, they brought in Lockie Fogarty. He had nine touches. Yeah. I mean, they brought in Parks, who was diabolical. I'm just, I'm looking at this and I'm going, Mark Murphy would absolutely not be gifted games. And when it comes to people saying that we'd be, you know, we can't be gifting him games, it, it is disgusting. He's clearly in the top 25 players on our list, in my opinion, from who's fit at the moment. I just think, you know, to send him back to the VFL as well, you know, we've got an opportunity to exploit the rule here, Bolt. We've got an opportunity. Yeah. If they don't think he's good enough, well, you know what? That's fine. But he's not, you know, the 30th best player on our list at all. He's comfortably in the top 25. They can at least play him as the sub. Yep, I agree. Jack Nunes came on, and with all due respect, he did nothing. He did nothing, and he did nothing last time he came on, which was, I think, last week. It's against... Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. Was it West, West Co- Coast? Anyways, so he's come on twice now and done nothing. I just think, you know, the fact that they haven't even brought him up as the sub, he's been taken out of the first team squad. He's been put, you know, to play in the VFL. I think it's disgusting. It's just, it's extremely disrespectful. Doesn't sit well with me either. It's extremely disrespectful. Extremely disrespectful. And we're not talking here about a bloke who's, as I keep saying, he's not, he's not so far off it. You know, he's played this year. When he's played, he's played okay. He hasn't set the world on fire. He's playing in a new role, which he's never played in before in his career. And he hasn't been too bad. He hasn't been, you know, noticeably worse than the other players playing in that role. I'll put it to you that yep. way. He hasn't been noticeably worse. Well, have you seen worse. Jack Martin the last fortnight? Well, where is he? Crap. 
Uh, this really gets me fired up. Cause and Murph- don't tell me he's injured, because if you're named in the 22 after an eight-week layoff, you're fit. I just think with Murphy, it's uh, it's really doesn't sit well with me. Um, this one absolutely shits me. I, I just... I... Um, yeah, I just really uh, I hate I hate the way he's being treated. Um, Gibbs tweeted hashtag free Murph. Um, this is going to be Mark Murphy's last year at Carlton, isn't it? What yeah, kind it's, of a it's note just, are we sending him off? No, nah, right it's here? just it's it's diabolical. Given that we're not going to play it's finals, di- we're it, not playing crunch games. I absolutely hate hate the fact that he's like almost the scapegoat. Yeah, it's a disgusting way of treating a club legend. Uh, it reeks of the culture that's, you know, at the club right now. Um, as I said, there's ways of exploiting the rule if you put him as the sub. And he's a versatile sub, by the way. He can play midfield and forward. Um, if you play him as the sub, then, you know, he gets the game without necessarily having to play. Um, I just I just think it's absolutely disgusting. And, you know, I don't even necessarily care about the 300 games. I couldn't care if Murphy was already past 300. I think it's disgusting either way. It's got nothing. It's it's actually not. It hasn't even got anything to do yeah, with it, the three hundred. It's just a shocking situation. And I've seen a lot of people. I just haven't enjoyed the commentary rounds, even from AFL media as well. Just I've seen a lot of people steady. commenting that Kerno should be dropped. There's a difference, I, I, mate. It's really getting under my skin that people are looking at the age of players. Yeah, yeah exactly. That's shitting me. Age, take age out of it. If you took age out of it, Simpson would be playing and he'd be in the 22 and he'd be better than what we've got at the moment. Yeah, we don't have a back pocket. Okay. So take age out of it because age has already shot ourselves in the foot. We got rid of our general down back. Yeah, we got, yeah. Rid, of, we got rid of him. So uh, looking at age is killing us. Um, I hate the notion of, you know, playing the youngsters, you know, because this one's old. He's not going to be there well, anyway. We play well, the best 22. Exactly. Um, and you know what? Uh, I'm happy to say this. The youngsters that have been playing have been no better. So don't give me that rubbish that, you know, you're going to get more out of them. They haven't been any better. It's just, it's this whole situation is really getting under my skin. It's 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 a terrible way of treating, uh, really, you know, the champion on our list right now. He's, he's, you know, the closest thing on our list right now to a club legend. And it's so disappointing the way we've treated him. Yeah. So, uh, let's go straight back into analysing the game. And in the week he does play his 300th, the whole the accolades that he's going to, all the you know, attention he's going to get, it's just ridiculous. Um, so, there's another one. So, I, I, we kind of touched on Jack Martin before. Yeah, we should, say, so, we should so, speak so about Jack this Martin morning. on Saturday night wreaked, it actually just was, can I say revolting? Say whatever you want, mate. Like, I it think was it's revolting. got to that point. It was careless. There was just no intent. He looked absolutely shot. And, you know, I thought his first half against the Swans a few weeks ago was pretty good. Hasn't lifted a finger in the 10 quarters since. Whereas in what's wrong with Jack Martin? He doesn't get around the ball. He's zero target up forward. He's not even venturing into those areas. You know, and Silvani, I guess, played a similar role to him on Saturday night. And both did F4. Yeah, I just... Uh, I'm almost bewildered at the whole... Like, I'll just put it to you this way. Look at the game on Saturday night and look at last year. It was like we've taken a trillion steps backwards. Yeah, it, it's 
you know, the way we're playing, it's not even close to how we were playing last year. Um, and it goes back to like under nine rules, mate. When you when you play under nines footy, what like the first thing they tell you is just man up, because if you know at under nines, no one's really that great. You just man up, and it's the easiest way to stop yourself from getting beaten. I I, I was oh, mate. If you were in Sydney on Saturday night, sitting near us, you would have heard me. I just kept shouting, man up, man up, man up, because like Zach Fisher, he was playing on Sam Reed for a lot of that match, and he just let him off the chain. Yeah, didn't man up. There's too many players who wander around inside the centre square without anyone on them. It appears guys like Fisher and Martin have waltzed back into the team after long-term injuries and thought, all right, comfortable again. How, how good is this? Yeah. And I mean, Fisher and Martin are two of our most important players. We know players. they're capable, and that's why it's so annoying, because they've been nothing but uncapable since coming well, that's in. A, well, that's incapable, the, sorry. Well, that's the thing that's really, you know, killing us, is that a lot of our capable players are actually just not performing. Um, if you look at this week specifically, and in this at this week in isolation, Martin, uh, I'm going to be pretty ruthless here. Martin, Silvani, Williams, Fisher. I'm going to throw Fogarty in there because I know he's capable based off what we've seen this year. Um, yeah, we'll chuck Ed Kerno in there. So, uh, I thought Saad actually was probably our best player in the Saad second half. Going, yeah. um, I won't chuck him in there. Uh, and, and probably... No, I won't throw him in there either. Those, those players are Who, just... Were you going to say Tom DeConning? I was going to say Doherty. I was going to say Tom DeConning. Those players that I listed, um, it's so frustrating because we know they're capable. And I don't know what it is. I don't know if it's game plan. I don't know if it's strategy. I don't know if it's the way that the individuals in our team are playing. I don't know what it is, but they are all, you know, not even a shadow of what we've seen of them that they're capable of doing. It was just a lackluster evening. Um, and that's killing us, is the fact that the players who we know are capable of doing so much more just aren't. I mean, mate, what an opportunity for Zach Williams. He's coming up against his side that didn't think he was worth the money, they didn't think it was worth keeping him. Comes out against his old mob and has 11 touches and really zero impact on the game. Zach Williams for me at the moment, is a spoiled brat. He's come to Carlton, Victorian lifestyle, massive paycheck. He's clearly done no work on himself. He's, you know, he's, he's a lazy footballer. He's a careless footballer. And at the at the moment, he's a thief. Well, that's what he is right now. He's a thief. Because I hate bringing up salaries, but I'm going to do it here. Because we've given him the opportunity of a lifetime to come play for our club. And, you know, he's almost, and although we weren't in the position at the end of 2020, he's a bit of an icing on the cake type of player. You top up with big free agents like this. He's got his big six-year contract. And at the moment, no one at Carlson could look you dead in the eye and say, we're happy with it. No. I almost wish the players that I just listed, who we know are capable, would play like Matt Owies. A guy who's come in, he's had to do it the hard way, you know? He's brought in as a category, was it B or C? Category B. Category B rookie, um, you know, been on the list for three years, had to really, you know, toil away in the VFL to get his crack. Um, You know, he put in three years of pretty solid form 
in the forward pocket at VFL level. He's given an opportunity and he comes in and he's just, he's playing for the jumper, mate. He runs out there, you know, we saw, you know, the footage has gone around of him, you know, grabbing and punching the logo. Like, you know, he's trying to, he's trying to show the group what it means to actually play for the jumper. Um, his effort was next to none. He's kicked, you know, two goals. Um, but, you know, I don't even care about his stats. It's just the way he goes about it. He's a gut runner. He never gives up. He gets stuck into the opposition as well. Like, he tackles with the intent to hurt the opposition and really, you know, you know, put his body on the line for the team. He's everything that I want our group to be playing like right now. Yep. And, you know, it's no, you know, it's no uh, secret. He's not the most, he hasn't got the talent of Crips or Walsh. You know, he hasn't no. got those capabilities. But, you know, the sheer effort that he's putting in right now... And it stands is, out in the team that lacks effort. Well, that's the thing. That's the thing. Like, I kept saying to you on Saturday night, like, do you reckon these guys have any idea what it actually means to play for the jumper? Like, you know, it's not about the... Well, this, I think Saturday night this, hit home. This you is know, really... We spent money. We entered a COVID, you know, we risked a bit of COVID, you know, parameters coming back to Victoria. And, you know, early wake-ups, and I know it's our choice to do, but we do it because we love Carlton. And the fact that, you know, we do this regularly the and fact we, we get went up there stuff f- all back. We, fa- we went up there for that. It's just, like, really? Really? I know. I know. And I know, and I, and I travel a lot for sports, so I know you're going to lose, you know, more times than you're going to win on the road. I don't but care about me, that. For me, this is just, give us something. I don't care if we. Oh, I, don't, I care if we lose. I don't. It's more. It's more the. I don't want to say effort because I don't think they're going out there and giving no effort. Like I, I don't think it's that. I, I just like show us more than that. Do something better than that. Um, and we heard Cripps this morning say he believes everyone's giving a hundred percent effort. I'm not even going to doubt that. Because um, I was thinking, like, you're not going to go out onto the footy field and not give your best effort. Like some, you know, I'm not doubting some players might, but the majority of the group are going to go out there and they're going to give their best, whether it's for the team or for themselves, they're going to try their best out there. But something fundamental is going wrong that is leading to a performance like that on Saturday night. And I don't know what it is. I don't know if it's coaching. I don't know if it's structure. I don't know if it's uh, the culture. I don't know if it's leadership or a lack of leadership. I don't know what it is, but they better get to the bottom of it because uh, we're entering the most crucial phase um, of our current era that we're in. Yeah. And it could all go to waste. Mate, I'm telling you right now, and we're out of the rebuild, but another failed rebuild, if you'd like to call that, or another failed reset. Like if we, if this... If this revamp doesn't eventuate to finals or a deep finals run, it could just be enough to to kill the club. Well, it's just how long can you be patient for? And I know there's teams that have waited longer than us, but this is just, this is waiting in the bottom six, not even, you know, half threatening. And it just doesn't make sense to me either. It's just frustrating that we can't really see light at the end of the tunnel where we really should have seen a major light by now. Yeah, it's 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 really hard to uh to grasp what what's happening right now. Um I guess, you know, it says a fair bit when 
you know, no disrespect to Matt Kennedy, but it says a fair bit when he's your best player on the field. Yeah, we just said no one. We had no one go. Uh, what do you think of the back line this week? Um, well, we're, we're leaking massive scores as a yeah, it's unit. It's, it's, it's becoming ridiculous. And we still don't have a back. So, you know, we had Green and Newman. Um, sorry, we had Newman and Stocker going through Green, which Green killed us. You know, Parks was completely out of his depth on Saturday night. I think there were three times I went straight through him in the first quarter. And then he went off injured. <clears throat> you know, Parks just looked like a fish out of water. You know, Wiedering and Jones do what they need to do. But as a unit, we got smashed. We just, you know, they scored far too easily from stoppages. GWS. I actually thought Stocker was okay. You know, he was Saturday okay night. going forward. He was. Um, but we're just, you know, we've we got no small defenders. I don't think... It's fun. it's funny. I don't think Liam Stocker would be playing in this position at any other club in the league. There's no there's no club that would play him as a lockdown small defender. No club would play him there. I'm telling you, no no other club would play him there. Yeah, he's a very mysterious case, Stocker. I also yeah, it's it's hard to watch just the ease of how opposition teams score against us. We got it back to 12 points twice deep, you know, later in the game. And they scored literally from the um, next center bounce. Mm. It was ridiculous. 12 points. Like, hello, doors open. Yeah, mate. Um, it's crazy. And, we, and yeah, I think it's, you know, we don't need to, you know, I'm not going to analyze the rest of the players because I think what we've said has sort of covered everyone. Um, but something... I want to sort of address is what we've been speaking about for a couple of weeks now about the board. Um, and but we, we bumped into someone at the game who came up to us and was speaking to us about what, what he thinks is going wrong at our club. And uh, he basically said that no matter how a board's performing, unless it's achieving just impeccable results year on year, there shouldn't really be no changes to a board in 11 years. Yeah. There needs to be, no matter, like he said, I think it was- The core of the board. The core of the board. I think Jeff Kennett came out and said it um, a couple years ago. Yeah, so that's why he stepped down from Hawthorne the first time, because he gave himself a term. Yeah, because he said there needs to be terms in a board um, in order to maintain success. And mate, look how well that worked for Hawthorne. Um, You look at our board right now and it hasn't changed, the core of it, hasn't changed for 11 years. In those 11 years, we've played finals, what, twice? We've never we've never gone past a semi-final. 2010-11. So we've, we've never... 13. Yeah, so, you know, essentially they came in to run the club. Well, stuff all's happened on the field. But this is where it's interesting. Everything's happening off the field. I, I, it's really hard for me to talk about because it's it's a hard... Uh, it's a, it's hard to explain it, but I don't think it's a coincidence that the club is absolutely thriving and peaking, peaking. Yeah. In the club's the in, in the club's history, we are peaking off the field. Most members, no debt. Uh, most, new facilities coming. New facilities coming. Uh, you know the, the ratio of supporters to members is rapidly improving every year. The club is a well-oiled machine off the field. And on the field, we just so happen to be at rock bottom in our in our history. Twenty six years without a flag. This yeah. is this is rock bottom. And every year that we don't win a flag, it gets worse. 
Um, yep. You know, unless we were playing finals, but we're not. You know, this is almost. It's almost worse than like 2015 because 2015 our list was just that deplorable that it, it was just impossible to imagine We've achieving anything spent else. Spent a lot of resources on some very good players over the years. Our, our list now is 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 good enough, and we're bottom. Is it bottom four on the table at the moment? Or what, whatever I think it is, we're bottom six, whatever it is. It's it doesn't. I, I just and I said it a few weeks ago. I think they're running it like a business, not a football club. It's just. I think this has reached breaking point for a lot of people. And this is why we're so frustrated at the moment, just with everything. Everything's being exposed. Every, I think it's just enough. This, is, this isn't this is weeks of frustration. This is years of frustration. Decades. That, yeah, that have been built up. And, you know, we've just been hit in the face with another deplorable, you know, performance that... Like four and nine. Mate, someone walked past us on Saturday night and they, like, they would have had no idea... Um, what it would feel like to be a Carlton fan. They were neutral or GWS, whatever it is, but they walk past us and they just go, you guys have been scammed as a supporter base. Yeah. They just looked at us and we're they said- so- we sold the lot and- They said, you guys have been scammed. Like, they felt sorry for us. Yeah. I don't know how appreciated that comment was on Saturday night. <laughs> um, it's, it's It looks that way though, doesn't it? <sighs> It's tough. It's tough. Needs to change at the top. Needs to change at the board. Needs to change. You know, it needs change. I don't know what change. I'm not calling for anyone to be sacked or anything like that. It just needs, if that's what it takes, that's what it takes. But something needs to change. Uh, absolutely to, to go in a different direction. Because um, right now it is absolutely dire. And in terms of the, the supporters, I think this is rock bottom. I think this is worse than 2015. We're just swimming in the mud. We're in no man's land. Everyone's going past us while we stand still. Um, team changes for next week. So Parks will be out. Injured. For Plowman. Well, who knows with Plowman's injury. You know, it's now going to be five weeks since the Hawthorne game. Um, if Plowman's available, he'll definitely come in for Parks. So we've got Adelaide. Adelaide at Marvel. Graveyard time slot. Hopefully there's crowds. There should be. I'm sure some people don't really care if there's a crowd or not at the moment. I uh, I don't even want to think about... Oh, I'm losing my voice speaking. I don't even want to think about the implications of losing that match. Oh, there'll be a press conference at 11 on Monday. <laughs> it's, it, you, mm, you, you say it like that, but it's, it's, uh, it's hard to disagree. You know, the implications of losing to Adelaide would be catastrophic. Oh, yeah. It'll be every man for themselves. Um, well, Murphy has to come in. Has to come in. See, yeah. Well, now that they've already dropped him and we know what they think of him, does he have to now force his way back in? As in, you feel like someone like Jack Martin, just, I'm sorry, but, you know, fitness shouldn't be, shouldn't be an excuse because once you're picked after that long out of the game, I'm assuming you're 100% ready to go. He just clearly isn't. So is it a Murphy for Martin or do we get to see Honey maybe? Just give us another option up forward that's not Mackay because let's be honest, both the Ruckman don't offer much going forward at the moment. Even you when know, Mac- Mate, you know it's hilarious. I'm sorry to cut you off, but I, I just find it so funny how, um, how the fact that we're playing the way we're playing 
yet they're changing nothing about the way we're playing. I know. It's it's not uh, it's so frustrating. Like I'm not even calling for we don't, we don't want the players out there to change. Change the brand. Change the style. We've gone 14 weeks doing the same thing. Two ruckmen, you know, same structure around the ground. They're just it's a revolving door of who fills those spots. There's been no change in the way we're playing. It's the same shit every week. I know. I know. I want to see something different. I want to see... I don't want to be... Because it just... It hits home now. Because when you think about, you know, team changes, we're going, oh, well, they're not going to bring in Murphy because it means, you know, one of Fogarty, Fisher, Martin, yeah, et cetera. Yeah, 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 yeah. It shouldn't be like that. Yeah. Because obviously, you can, you can play him somewhere else. Put Murphy in the midfield or put Fisher in the midfield. Change something. Give us a bit of flexibility and versatility around the around the field. Take it's, a pit in it out for Murphy. And this is why it's just so bland every week because it's the same narrative every time we lose. It's the most every week's another typical Carlton loss. As in, I'm over it. As I look, I'll never give up on Carlton, but because you know I'm you know you know I'm very big on you know you stick with them when they're crap and you know the premierships will be all the more sweeter. And I do love Carlton, but it's exhausting. And I think, you know, I obviously see you socially. I feel like me being me, I feel like I don't speak about the footy as much as I used to during the week. No, well, you don't want to, mate. You don't you, want to. You almost try and, you know, I vent on the podcast and I'll see you on the weekend in regards yeah. to Carlton. Yeah. No, well, it's, it's, it's just it's, so frustrating. Um, it's 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 just... It's so frustrating and it's so, uh, it's just shattering. You don't want to speak about us. They're embarrassing. The whole off season, we, 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 didn't, we didn't shut up talking about us. And now it's gone to the complete other extreme. So it's, it's, it's like we're in a cemetery. I just don't know. I don't, the question where to from here, well, I guess that's going to be more relevant if we lose on Sunday, but. You know, I don't know. Even if we win, like, congrats, you're five and nine. You're better than the Crows. No, you finished you, bottom you, last year at home. You don't even want to win. Yeah, well, you, know, you want, you want. I say, I always say, winning's the best ingredient for a club. So it's uplifting. It's good for everyone. Means we'll go into Freo the week after with a bit of confidence. So I, I can never question winning and what winning does to a club. But in terms of wanting change, winning's not going to get that immediately. I, I've always sort of, and it's funny how you know can say I've always, because we've gone through this exact scenario so many times since I've supported the club. But each and every time we get to this point where we're so close to falling off the edge, I just want it to get as bad as possible, as quickly as possible, so that we can get over that edge and come back up. If that makes any sense at all. Like, it's you almost want the worst possible thing for the club so that the best possible thing can come quicker. Does that make yeah. sense? No, I, I know, I know. I don't, I don't want paper over cracks wins because a win over Adelaide, that's paper over cracks. A win over Fremantle, like been come there, on. done that. Like, come <laughs> on, mate, beat a beat a decent outfit. With all due respect to Adelaide and Frio, you know they've they've both uh, well, they're both better than us, that's for sure. Um, but like, you know, unless we're actually going to beat a big team in this competition, like we got Geelong the week after that. We got Collingwood after that. If we're going to beat a Geelong, go for the win. 
But a win yeah. over Adelaide is not going to do anything for us. Not really. No, no. Um, yeah. So the VFL this week, um, let's talk about it because there's a bit more positivity uh, on that front. Port Melbourne, who are a good outfit, yeah. um, got the Chockeys 15-point win. Uh, do you remember Eli Templeton from yeah. St. Kilda? Yeah. 47 and two goals for Whew. Port. He was everywhere. 13 marks, four tackles, 17 inside 50s. Whoa. Um, yeah, he was nuts. Um, and he, how old would Eli Templeton be? I'd have to look that 20, up. I think he debuted 2014. I, you know, give him a crack. I don't know. Some, I hope he got 25, 26. I hope someone out there decides to uh, give him a crack. He's 25 years old. Anyways, um, so you look at the Blues on the weekend. Um Mark Murphy, out of our AFL listed players, was our highest disposal getter with 26, seven marks, three inside 50s, three tackles, four rebound 50s, a class above, didn't give away a free kick, was a clear class above everyone else. You watched most of the game on the Saturday. I I watched the... I watched... We got the stream up as well. I had no sleep on Friday night to get on that flight because of other other work. So I didn't... I watched... We we both watched the game live, but as you saw, I fell asleep midway through through it um so i watched the full replay today dead you were out i was dead it was lights out got into the hotel room i had no sleep due to work commitments the night before and just crashed um (laughs) yeah they didn't do much to keep me awake (laughs) not stiff they played all right no i did watch the replay today they played well uh murphy a class above mate someone who really surprised me was jack carroll because I was yep. telling you how raw he looked in the previous... I think he's only, this was only his second or third game. But in the other one or two... I was definitely his third. In the other two games I'd seen him, he just looked incredibly raw. Yep. This was... Oh, this was inject this into our AFL team. Whoop, whoop. He's only 18 years old. And he's a young 18 because he's a December uh, birthday. Whoa. So he's a really young 18. So he's as raw as it gets. 25 disposals, mate. And out of those 25, we had 20 kicks... That's what you want. Yep. Um, uses the ball by foot, 11 inside 50s, and they were really strong entries. Um, eight marks, three tackles, three rebound 50s. Uh, he was brilliant. He was absolutely brilliant. There's no stats for clearances, but he had a lot of them. I can tell you that much. He would have had at least five clearances. I was trying to count it throughout the match today um, when I was watching it. But yeah, Jack Carroll was superb. Um Sam Petrevsky Seaton was, yeah, you know, brilliant. The man at I think they said, I could be wrong here, but I think it was eight or nine clearances. I saw someone write it on Twitter somewhere. Um, so he had a lot of clearances, 25 disposals, five marks. He had six tackles. So that's, you know, much more than he's averaging in the so AFL maybe he'll team get another year. look in next week. Um, yeah, so he was brilliant. Those, those were probably the three. We're just going around in, in circles over team selections. The same guys going out, same guys coming in, just well, we are. on the regular basis. It's a merry-go-round. Um, but this one is the one I want to see come in. Josh Honey. Yep, your boy. My boy. I've been on him since the moment he walked through the, the doors you of the Carlton Football You would have thought after like a sub-appearance, he would have maybe hung around the squad at least. Three goals. He only had 10 touches. But yep. this... He oozes class. Oozes class. Makes his disposals count. And him and Matt Oes, they are, you know, the chemistry between the pair at VFL level was 
awesome at training. They hit each other up in the kicking drills. They're really close. Those two together, you know, they've played, you know, they played all year last year in the VFL together or in whatever it was, the, the practice game. The kick to kick in the park. Good chemistry between them at VFL level. I want to see them play together in the AFL team. Uh, Honey hits him up. Honey hits Oe's up really nicely going inside 50. Um, but yeah, he was absolutely fantastic, Josh Honey, on the weekend. There was a play in the middle of the ground where he took a mark and then he dodged one Port Melbourne player and the other one wrapped him around. And it was, he did a full 360. He shrugged him off, did a twist, and ran straight through the guts. It was awesome. Um, he just oozes class, Josh Honey. I want him in the team. I want him in the team this week. Um, and you can't tell me that, you know, he'd be doing anything less than the players in that position did on the weekend because we've spoken about the efforts of, you know, Martin and Fisher and Fogarty. Uh, so I'd like him to come in. We'll quickly zip through the rest. Uh, Lockie O'Brien, he had 16 disposals, had the six inside 50. So he's really trying to work on his offensive part of his game. And, uh, mate, another one who you just like to see given another crack, I guess. You know, we're not seeing we're not seeing anything, you know. He, I think, was O'Brien, is, is there any, you know, is there any indication he's closer to getting a game? Was not he an emergency? The, not, not from what I'm aware of, no. Was he an emergency? No. I don't think so. No, no, no. He was last week, maybe. Was he? He's definitely been an emergency in the last fortnight, I maybe. reckon. Maybe. Well, he doesn't appear to be close to selection. Um, just quickly noting, as worth noting as well, Sam Ramsey travelled yeah. with the team, so didn't play. And you actually mentioned something on him. I don't know if you remember. Yeah, I, I do. Yeah. I wasn't drunk on Saturday. No, I don't know if you remember, Sam. So I don't yeah. know. Well, I th- it, well he- one could argue you were drunk. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, but... <laughs> I said, you know, we knew that they'd travelled him and Nunes over as the two, you know, non-selected 22 players. If Sam Ramsey's not going to be playing VFL at all because he travelled to Sydney, why not just make him the sub? Exactly. He would have got 20 minutes in the last quarter. What? How? At least we would have seen him. No, like, just, you know, what's the difference at the end of the day between Ramsey and Nunes coming on as your medical sub? They may not even get used. Yeah, well, that's that's the thing. There's the fact that they, you know, there's... Slim chance they're going to be used anyway. I know. Um, so yeah, worth talking about Levi. He was brilliant. You know, we've we've given him flack for in his the- performances in the AFL this year. As a pure ruckman, because he was the pure ruckman when Murkov went down, he was outstanding. Oh, 22. Similar to round one 2020 when Cruz went off. Mate, 22 disposals, 11 marks, four tackles, five inside 50s, three rebound 50s. Great. Welcome home. And um, he's now been given a one-match suspension. At that level as well. So so annoying. Like I think Casbolt, it's gotten it's gotten to the point um, where you you know you're not <coughs> excuse me you're not going to play him as a um, forward as what we were playing him because he's now not we, they've dropped him they've acknowledged he's not good enough. Um, you know if Pitternet were to go down and they're insistent on playing the two rucks, you know I I don't want to see Casbolt in the forward line if he's ever going to play again this year. And I mean, I think it's probably fair to say this is his last year. I'd only like to see him in the ruck. I wouldn't really want to see him anywhere else. So, Casbolt to Conning, maybe. Give maybe. it a crack, may as well. May as well. Uh, Cottrell, two goals, 15 touches. Fair to be said that he actually, you know, he did look really good uh, at VFL level. Williamson, nor here nor there. Boyd. Boyd didn't get much of the, much of the pill. He only had 14, but, you know... Really looked okay when he had it. 
I, I want to see him this yep. year. I don't, probably will. I'm not saying this week, but I, I, I want to see him before the end of the year. If we brought him in and delisted him, it would be ridiculous. You may as well have brought in one of those 18-year-olds as well that, you know, supposedly there was a bunch who were going to go high in next year's yep. draft. Anyways, um, I thought Boyd was good. Gee, Tom Williamson really is the forgotten man, isn't he? Mm. Mm. Kemp, uh, Kemp looked all right. Played a bit of a, like... It was almost playing like a defensive lockdown, you know, like a key back. Um, Durden, I didn't see him. I think he only only says he had four touches. He may have got injured. Didn't really see him. Um, but yeah, those were our AFL listed players. And obviously, Murkov really feel for. He's gone down with a suspected knee. I don't know if it's an ACL or what it is. Luck. Um, but you know, we're starved of Ruckman on our list. We go and bring one in. Bang. Horrible. So, team changes. Uh, we spoke about Parks going out. We spoke about Murphy coming in, maybe, or Plowman. Um, if you're going to bring guys like Honey in, or guys like, um, you know, I mean, Petrovsky Seedon, who goes out? So, I, I, don't th- I don't think Martin can play next week. I really don't. How can we justify Jack Martin playing next week? Mm. Oh, team selection's tough isn't it look, if Plowman's available he'll come in for Parks there's Betts you know, Betts has been really good this year didn't do a lot on Saturday night Betts you could argue maybe deserves a one week rest but we've just come off the bye yeah nah I no, think nah. there's no Bet, there's no he's not close to being unless omitted unless he wants to we shouldn't be moving Betts out of that team no nah, and, um, he, and he and he's not close to being omitted this is actually really interesting. Would you give Eddie a contract for next year? Well, see, I would. On the rookie list, we may as well. I would. You can't tell me there's anyone else on our list right now who would be playing better. Uh, no. It's scary. Well, I, I don't I don't even think it's scary. I just think well, it's, it's... just where it's at. He's, he's, no, 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 he's no, a no. great footballer. And he offers... He gives us something. So, yeah... We'll address... I guess we'll see how the next nine weeks unfold. But team selection so tough. As in, Williams, you know, doesn't really deserve to be playing again this week. No. I know we've just really... I know I defended Ed Kerno before with the whole age thing. But two weeks in a row, he's had under 15 touches. Well, he played in the back pocket from for some unbeknown reason against the Eagles. How'd you think my boy went? Paddy. Paddy Dow? Yep. Uh, it's interesting because I've seen a lot of people have him in their top five or so on the field. Yep. I thought he was nor here nor there. I, he wasn't. He wasn't. I thought he had some very good moments. He wasn't our. Can you not be so negative about him? <laughs> <laughs> I actually thought he had some good moments. No, he wasn't our worst. He wasn't amongst our worst on the field. I didn't think he was really amongst our best. But uh, no, he wasn't. He's progressed to glimpses. Yeah, but it's something. He, he's shown glimpses. It's something, mate. You got to acknowledge that. I just did. Thank you. <laughs> um, you know, he's he's safe. Under hundred percent, Dow's safe. Um, you know why it's selection's hard? Because the players who let us down on the weekends were our big money men. Yeah, the reputation men. Yeah. Team selection. I've actually got no idea where we'll go. With yeah, it. I'm not even gonna. I'm gonna. I've actually got there. no idea. Not even gonna try. Blue bag is just by the way. If you haven't yet. Listen into our mid-season review with the great man Paul Barbaza that we did last week. Uh, we addressed everything, um, you know, from every facet 
of the club. So go back and have a listen to that if you haven't yet. Bolt, I reckon uh, I reckon we've just about covered everything. Once again, you know, there's obviously a lot of negativity on this podcast at, at the current point in time, but I mean, it's hard it's hard to do it any other way. We got to we got to say it how we see it at the moment. We both don't see anything great happening. Um and look, we I know I know I sort of said, you know, sometimes you want you want to be pushed over the edge for the good things to come, but uh this club absolutely needs a win this weekend. Um a loss would be catastrophic um in the context of everything. Yeah. Ugh. We just we're absolutely desperate for a win and I just I don't I don't want one of those wins and you know, Baz spoke about this last like week. The on Hawthorne the show. game. I don't. I don't want a lackluster win where it's like you didn't even play that well. Emphatic. I want to the sword. I want a hard fought team win. I want a win that's going to get us out of our seats. I want a win where we've come up against Adelaide, who have played really well, and we've managed to beat them by playing even better. Yeah. That's a wrap, I reckon. Yep. Uh, Twitter questions will return next week. It's just been a bit too negative, hasn't nah, it? Nah, get... don't need don't need to add more negativity no. to already. Hopefully, we get a win. Hopefully, we're back at the footy in Victoria this week. Oh, we'll be there surely. We'll be there. Blue baggers, hard to listen to, I know, but thank you for tuning into this week's edition of the show. We'll be back next week, and I just hope it's after a win. I hope we can uh, get back to smiling. Even though you can't see it, just like... Also, for those of you who ever plan to do Greater Western Sydney away, just be aware, if you stay the night at Olympic Park, the Ibis budget, the shower's in the same room as the bed. <laughs> just just a warning, just a heads up. The shower's in the same room as the bed. Well, we went in there, we went in there, we said, we'll go, we'll go there, 24-hour business trip, in and out. See you later. Um, and it was absolutely very average, the room. I, don't I was sitting it. in bed and could hear you showering. It was right there. <laughs> Mate. It was cosy. Yeah, it was a bit bizarre. I didn't... Like, when you get out of the shower, I didn't want to take a step out and bring the water out because it was the floor of the room. <laughs> there was no I bathroom. I think big emphasis on Ibis budget. <laughs> Not the Ibis. Ibis Yeah, when you said budget. we're staying at the Ibis, I thought, oh, all right, it's pretty cheap for the Ibis. <laughs> we get to the Ibis and it's not the right one. Yeah. <laughs> It actually, I've never been to, I went to ANZ Stadium before, but yeah. I'd never been to Giants. The It's pretty cool, the it's Olympic nice Park. Oh, yeah. The, whole, it's, it's the very, whole village. It's dead though. It's completely dead. I, I've been there for like Melbourne Victory Games when there's like 3,000 like, people. Love, I'd love to know. scary, eerie. I'd love to know how the businesses within Olympic Park survive. Oh, they barely. Like there's convenience stores and there's restaurants. How do they actually. It's a suburban area, I guess, at the end of the day. But like. Like behind our hotel where we were, no, like, in, like inside the park yeah. itself, oh. there were a bunch of restaurants and stores. How do they survive? It's a bit of a bizarre. Yeah, I don't know. I've never really seen anything like that, where it, like it's an actual village, it's it's like an Olympic village. Yeah, no, it, well, it is. It's weird. You look, you look at where you, you look at the sport precinct in Melbourne. Uh, it's not a. Vi- no, it's, it's, it's still on a, it's on a main road. Like there's still no, traffic. No, no, this, I know. I don't, I don't. I feel like there'd be no traffic going through that village no, on no, a weekday. No, no traffic. No. It was weird. It was a nice stadium. I've been to the stadium before for oh, the cricket. First time for the stadium. Footy. Nice. Beautiful stadium. Mate, I'd love them to turn Icon Park into something like that and we can host games there. It was nice. Probably too big. They have the these nine dollar cups of wine there. And I've never drunk wine at the footy before. Yeah. 
that shit, this white wine at a giant stadium on Saturday night was the perfect tonic. It was perfect. So it washed down the seven beers that came before it. <laughs> oh, those mid-strength, those mid-strength Great Northerns. Bob, we'll see. Thank you. We'll do it all again next week. Another edition of the show in the books. Against the famous or-